This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. As we continue the series on Temple Builders, today we are going to see a king who was the man behind rebuilding the temple that was originally built by Solomon. So we are talking about a king who was the man behind the reconstruction of the temple of God. His name is King Cyrus. Cyrus was a king when God wanted the children of Israel to come back to the land of Israel in order to build the temple of God as they were living in captivity for 70 long years. The name Cyrus is mentioned more than 30 times in Bible. Cyrus reigned over the province of Babylon and all the other related areas over Persia between 539 to 530 BC before Christ. This pagan king was an important man in the Jewish history because under his rulership, the Jews were sent back to Jerusalem after 70 long years of exile or captivity in Babylon. Cyrus is historically recorded in the word of God as we can turn to 2 Chronicles. If you can turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Chapter 36, 22 and 23. Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 22 and 23. Those who are not able to uh, you know, uh, get that chapter from the word of God, from the Bible, you can still look at the screen. I believe we have the scriptures on the screen. So we are reading from Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 22 and 23. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Here we see the scripture saying Cyrus' proclamation concerning the word of God or concerning the command that God gave to King Cyrus. We see King Cyrus saying that God, Lord God has given me all that I have on this earth. And also he has commanded me to build the temple of God. If you continue to read in the next book as you have there, right there in Ezra chapter 1. Let's read Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. Ezra chapter 1 says, Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia. 
so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying thus says Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me and again he says and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah so here again we see here again we see the verses repeating, the scripture is repeating as we saw at the end of 2nd Chronicles as well as at the beginning of the book of Ezra. The same history repeats here. You know Cyrus acknowledged the work of God in his life. He is saying that all the kingdoms are given to me by God. Can you ever imagine a pagan king like Cyrus proclaiming saying that Lord God has given me all the kingdoms on this earth and he's you know declaring very plainly saying that it was not by my strength it was all given to me you know when something is given to you we really don't, don't need to put any effort towards it if something is given to you what do you do you just receive it so he's saying that all the kingdoms of the heaven under heaven are just given to me by whom by God Almighty you know, if you think about the vastness of his kingdom, no wonder that God had given that kingdom to Cyrus. Cyrus, I believe, he was certainly a different kind. Now, while everyone takes pride in their achievements, but here we see a pagan king Cyrus declaring and giving praise to God, saying, Lord God has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. The Lord God of heaven has given me. He has given me. I really don't know what made him to say that. But he said that it was not by my strength. It was by God. It was by God. Secondly, we see here, we notice here as we read the scriptures, Cyrus receiving the command of God. The same scripture says, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem. God commanded Cyrus to build a house for him. He was a man of great honor. He was a man of high degree. And God commanded him to do something. The moment he received that command, he just accepted that it is coming from God. It is God wanted him to do something. You know, it is as we see in the word of God, the moment Cyrus was asked, to send the children of Israel back to Jerusalem as they were in the exile. He says, God has commanded me to do so. I don't think just a king will do that because with great effort, his forefathers brought the children of Israel as an exile to the land. And how much they invested. If you remember Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, 70 other prince, uh, uh, princes along with them. They were all trained and educated. There was so much invested on the children of Israel. No king on the face of the earth would say that, let go the children of God. But he received that from God. And the moment he received that from God, he says, I will let the children of Israel go back to Jerusalem. If somebody is asking Cyrus, why are you sending the children of Israel back to Jerusalem? I'm sure he would say, God has commanded me to do so. If somebody is probably asking, why are you sending all the money and the material towards Jerusalem? They are our opponent. They are like an enemy to us. Why are you sending everything to them? God would, uh, Cyrus would have said, God had 
commanded me to do so. He makes it very clear. God has commanded me to do so. So what we read is the historical recording of King Cyrus. So let's move on to the prophetical recording of King Cyrus. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10. Here we see Jeremiah making a mention about the children of God going back to Jerusalem after 70 long years of captivity in Babylon. I'm reading it from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now God Almighty is telling through the prophet Jeremiah that God is going to send them back to Israel. And Cyrus, he came to a realization that he has a role to play there as God Almighty already spoke these words through the prophet Isaiah. So let's listen to some of the other prophecies spoken by Isaiah. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 45. Let's read a couple of scriptures there. Isaiah chapter 45. As we read the scriptures, you will wonder, 150 years before this ever took place, God spoke to his prophets, Isaiah, prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah, and God is mentioning how the children of God are going to return back to Jerusalem. Let's read Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 and 4. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Can you ever imagine? Isaiah talking about Cyrus, probably I don't know whether even before his birth, 150 years before, even the name was mentioned in the word of God through the prophet Isaiah. He says, thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. Who did everything here? God. And God was telling to the, and his name as a pagan king is mentioned here. He's saying that to subdue nations before him and lose the arms, armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. And God was promising that Cyrus is going to do this. I'm going to do this through Cyrus. And verse 4 says, let's read verse 4. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect, I have even called you by your name. You know, God spoke to many prophets and many other children of God in the word of God. I called you by name. Here God is saying, looking at a pagan king, Cyrus, and God is telling him through the prophet that I called you by name. I called you by name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Word of God clearly says, he didn't know God, but then, yet I have known you. I am the Lord and there is no other. God is making the deal very clear to Cyrus. Don't you think that your pagan gods are God and God says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will guard you though you have not known me. God through the prophet Isaiah made it very clear that guys Cyrus is going to lead the children of Israel back from captivity back into Jerusalem. Let's read one more scripture before we go further. Isaiah chapter the same, the, the previous chapter, Isaiah 44 verse 28. 
Isaiah 44, 28. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. God is calling Cyrus a pagan king. He is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure. Saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. God is handing over the responsibility to a pagan king and asking him to do the work of God. Do you know when God does that? When God does that? Handing over the responsibility of God to somebody who is ungodly, when God does that? When God's children are not willing to take the responsibility. When God's children are not willing to build the kingdom of God, build the temple of God, God takes the responsibility and give it to somebody else who is willing to do. God even goes to that extent. I cannot understand why. But that's how God works in our lives. We saw the recordings from the prophetical books concerning Cyrus. Certainly this man has something that God liked in him. There is no doubt about it. And we are going to see what kind of man was Cyrus that God was so pleased in this man. First of all, Cyrus honored God with his God-given authority. Cyrus honored God with God-given authority. As we read in the book of Ezra, chapter 1, verse 2, Cyrus acknowledged God saying, All the kingdoms are given to me by God. All the kingdoms are given to me by God. You know, some of the efforts Cyrus took in his kingdom of God tells us that this man was used by God to fulfill some of the prophecies spoken by the word of God. You know, some of the prophecies which were foretold by God's children, they need to be fulfilled. And here we see God is bringing in a pagan king to fulfill the prophecies which were spoken. And word of God says, Cyrus issued a decree. We read that in Ezra chapter 6 verse 3. Let's go back to Ezra. Ezra chapter 6 verse 3. In the first year of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations of it be firmly laid. Its height, 60 cubits, and its width, 60 cubits. And it goes on and on. And Cyrus was making a decree saying that let the house of God be rebuilt. Cyrus honored God with all the authority that God had given to him. You know, think about a great king like Cyrus living in a great kingdom. He took a step for God when he received from God saying that he has to go and build the temple of God. What the history says, his kingdom extends from the Aegean Sea in the west and up to India, the river Indus in India, in the, to the east. He had such a vast kingdom in a majority of Asia and Asia Minor were under his kingdom. And history says within 10 short years, he built the entire kingdom. He's such a mighty king. He's such a mighty king. The moment he received the command from God, he really didn't worry about his position and he really didn't really worry about he is a king. How can he do something for God? He never thought about it. But instead, what of God says, he just obeyed. His kingdom extends from Greece or Turkey and up to India in the current world map. 
Such a vast kingdom was his. But the moment he received the word of God, he just obeyed. That clearly tells me today, our position in our workplace, our status, our status in the society is given to us just to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. Cyrus was lifted up to that position by God just in order to fulfill the purpose of God in his life. And today God has given us positions, God has given us different responsibilities just to make sure the purpose of God is fulfilled in our lives. We should honor God in everything that God has given us. Joseph, when he was lifted up, he never failed to glory, give glory to God. Daniel, when he was honored by God, when he was lifted up, he never failed to give glory to God. We should not be ashamed to stand for God's glory, even in our workplaces. You know, there are people out there, they stand for a social cause. Have you come across such people? They will stand very strong for a social cause. God wants you and I, not really to stand for a religion, that's not going to help. God wants you and I, to stand for God. God wants you and I to stand not for Christianity, but God wants you and I to stand for who you are in Christ or who Christ is to you. God wants us to stand for him. <clears throat> we, are not dif we, are, we are different certainly, not because we are Christians. We are different because we are children of God. We are different not because we were born in a Christian family. We are different because I know my Christ personally. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. I know Him personally. I cannot keep quiet. Not because I was born in a Christian family. But because I know Him personally. I know who He is. I know he, who He is. Because of that, I want to stand for God. Here we look at a pagan king. Probably he never had never clue, any, any clue about who God is. But then still God is using him and he is giving honor to God. The moment he realized that he is a power, he is a superpower, the moment he realized that, he was giving honor to God. <clears throat> Today God wants us to stand firm, not for a religion, but for the testimony that we have within us. I believe every one of us here are having our own testimony to tell. And the testimony is powerful. The testimony is powerful. When we share our testimony, that is very powerful. What God has done to your life, nobody can deny it. Nobody can deny it. If you share your testimony, can somebody come and say you, tell you, that no, no, that must be wrong. No, nobody can do that because it is you. You are sharing what you have experienced. When you share that, nobody, is, nobody can deny that that is powerful. And here we see Cyrus honoring God. Secondly, Cyrus consecrated the holy articles of the temple of God. Cyrus took possession of those things which were looted from the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let's quickly go to Daniel chapter 1. Read a couple of scriptures and just come back to Ezra again. Daniel chapter 1. Let's read verses 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 
Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands, into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and he took some of the articles from the temple of God and he took the articles from the temple of God into the land Shinar to the house of his gods. He took the articles, Nebuchadnezzar came and took the articles of God, the vessels, the holy vessels of God and he took them into the land of the pagans. And he took them to the ungodly, uh, to, to the house of his God and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. All the holy vessels which were in the temple of Jerusalem, they were taken as part of the captivity into the hands of the pagan kingdom. That's what the scripture says. Now Cyrus, scripture says Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels that belonged to the house of God which were taken by Nebuchadnezzar. Let's go back to Ezra chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Ezra chapter 1, 7 and 8. King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem, as it is recorded in Daniel, and put in the temple of his gods. And Cyrus king of Persia brought them out by the hand of Mithradath, the treasurer, and counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. Now we see Cyrus bringing them everything from the treasury. And probably he just took those vessels and cleaned it up. And then giving it to the treasurer of Judah. Second character of Cyrus here tells us that Cyrus consecrated the holy articles. Think about Nebuchadnezzar. He went into the temple storage of God Almighty and he plundered all the articles from the temple of God and he took that to the pagan gods in Babylon. What happened eventually to Nebuchadnezzar if you realize? He was reduced to an animal. He became an oxen and he was in the field as he was wet by the dew. He was reduced to an animal. The wrath of God came upon this man. And scripture also tells us about his grandson Belshazzar. He lifted the holy vessels to the pagan gods and goddesses and he desecrated them, the holy vessels, by having wine in those holy vessels in the drunken party he had with his officials and their wives in Babylon. And if you remember the history, what happened to Belshazzar? On the same night, the hand of God appeared on the wall and the judgment came upon Belshazzar and scripture says on that same night Belshazzar was slain by the Medes. The people of God, people, the holy articles of God, when it was not used the way it's supposed to be used, we see God's judgment coming upon them. But here we see Cyrus consecrating the holy vessels and he was designating them back to God. And he told the children of Israel, you take all the holy vessels as you rebuild the temple of God. Cyrus consecrated the holy vessels for the temple of God. What belongs to God? We need to keep it holy. Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, they defile the holy things of God. We don't need to mix the holy things with the, the dirt 
of this world. God expects us to keep the holy things holy and the world where, where it is. God doesn't expect us to mix, mix them together. God said in Exodus 20 verse 8. God said in Exodus 28. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. God doesn't want us to mix that Sabbath day with the world and make it unholy. He wants us to keep that Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He could have stopped there saying that just remember the Sabbath day. No. He continued and he said, keep it holy. It's a holy day for you. God said in 1 Corinthians 3.17, you are the temple of God. Keep it holy. Here we see Cyrus, the man of God, keeping the holy articles, consecrating them and sending them back to Jerusalem for the purpose of God. And today God is telling you and me, God has chosen us to walk in holiness. He wants to keep us holy. Finally, we see Cyrus gave to God. Cyrus gave to God. Let's go back to Ezra. Chapter 3, verse 7. Ezra chapter 3, verse 7. Scripture says, as Cyrus was getting ready to build the temple of God, Scripture says they also gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar, cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the permission which they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Scripture says Cyrus granted money to pay all the expenses of building the temple of God. So we talked about Cyrus acknowledging God. We talked about Cyrus consecrating the holy articles for the temple of God. Here we see Cyrus giving to God. Cyrus giving to God. He never hesitated to give the work of, to the work of God. But today I need to learn a lesson from Cyrus. He had no hesitation. He was willing to send everything. And if you read that further, we don't have time to read. He sent so many things for the kingdom of God. The giving to God is essential. And scripture says we need to perfect in our giving. We need to perfect in our giving. I'm going to give you some of the scriptures from the word of God that helps us how we need to give to God. Let's go to the Old Testament books. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30. Scripture says, you can look at the screen. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Here we see the scripture saying, all the tithe of the land. Tithe is usually the one-tenth of our income. Here we see scripture saying that all the tithe of the land, whether it is seed, whether it is a, you know, a produce from the land, or it is a fruit of the tree, it belongs to whom? It belongs to God is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Let's move on to another scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. 
scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3, 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know, God is pronouncing a blessing there. And he is asking us to honor the Lord with all our possessions, with all the first fruit, with all the increase. Let's move further. Let's go to another scripture in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Scripture says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, In what way we have robbed you, Lord? And God said, in tithes and offerings. Verse 9 says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. God is pronouncing a curse on those who robbed God. Even this whole nation. Verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. God, in fact, in many places, God is asking us to test him. Scripture says, do not test God. Do not test God. But here we see God is asking us to test him by giving our tithes to God. And he's asking, bring the tithes and offering to the storehouse. Cyrus, we see was sending, was always sending to the work of God, was always sending to the work of God. Being read all the scriptures, the scriptures clearly tells me today, one-tenth of my earning that belongs to God. And scripture tells me very clearly, do not ever touch that. One-tenth of my earnings that belongs to God. That is holy. If we take the unholy things and try to use it for the worldly purpose, we don't see the blessing of God. One tenth of our income that belongs to God. Even if we earn $100 a month or even if we earn $10,000 a month, one tenth of our income that belongs to God. Cyrus, a pagan king, he knew that very well. He got all the treasures in his kingdom, but now he came to a point of realization saying that my income, it was not Earned by me, it was given me by God. Today we are able to work. It is not by our strength. It is given to me. It is given to me. I don't have the skills and abilities, but I got selected in the interview. It is given to you. God has established you in the city of Halifax. It is given to you. It is not by our strength. There is nothing that we can boast about it. It is given to us. Once it is given to us, scripture says the one-tenth of our earning belongs to God. You may have a question. Why do I give that one-tenth of my income? I have an answer. Where you should be giving your tithes and offering, you need to give it where you receive spiritual food. Where you need to receive spiritual food. We give the money where you buy food for our body. We need to give to God where we need your spiritual, receive your spiritual food. Luke chapter 6 verse 30, 38 says, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 Give. There are so many scriptures, I don't have time in the word of God, which is asking us to give to God. Give and it will be given to you. And how God gives it back. You know, we at times we give it little to God, but how God gives it back. Scripture says, he gives it back with good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. 
will be put in our, into our bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Those who are giving cheerful, God is well pleased in our giving. We need to give to God. Luke 16.10, what of God says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. You know, when we start, I remember when I started working, my salary was, uh, I guess it was 2,500 rupees. How much is in the dollar? Maybe $50? $50 was my monthly income. Right? But when we are faithful in that little, God will increase that. And I remember when I came out from my country, my income went to close to 70,000, 80,000 rupees. I don't really know how, how much it is in dollars now. So you know what? God blessed. God really blessed. There are many testimonies here. Those who have given to God. One tenth of the, the salary. When we receive this income, one tenth will be directly transferred to the work of God. Directly given to the work of God. God is asking us to try it out and he will bless us. Luke 16 verse 10 says, He who is faithful in the little things, God will also make us faithful in bigger things. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. God expects us to be faithful in little things. There is one funny story that goes this way. One day, some of us know about it. One day there was a fight between the coins and the dollar bills in a purse. There was a fight between the coins and the dollar bills in a purse. The dollar bills said, we are the greatest. And the coins said, no, 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 we are the greatest. And there was a big fight between the dollar bills and the coins in a purse. The coins asked, why do you say, say? Why do you say so? Looked at the dollar bills and said, why do you say so that you are the greatest? And Dollar Bill said, it is obvious we are of more value. We are of a high value. That's the reason we are the greatest. We are so important. At the same time, Dollar Bills looked at the coins and asked, why do you say so? Why do you think that you are important? You are the greatest. Why are you saying that? The coins said, most of the times we are searched for. Most of the times we are thrown into the offering plates and we get the privilege of being in God's presence. So we are the greatest. No, I, I believe, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you are giving in that way. But then, you know, that's what happens. When people want to give God, they will search for, where did I keep the, the 25 cents? You know, where did I keep that? That's missing. And that's what we want to get into. But God says, give it cheerfully. The more we give, God blesses more. The more we give, God blesses more. Cyrus. A pagan king, he knew the trick of giving to God. <coughs> Finally, Cyrus was just used as an instrument in God's hands. I just want you to get this clearly before we close. It looks like, it's also a sad part for me. It looks like God used a pagan king just to fulfill God's purpose. God used Cyrus just for the sake of Israel, even though Cyrus didn't believe in God. God used Cyrus even though he never believed in God. Bible does not say, really tells us that he was a child of God. There is no mention 
that he was a child of God. Think of a pagan king like Nebuchadnezzar. God chose that pagan king to show the dream about the kingdoms of this earth. He was an ungodly king. He was a wicked king. God chose that king to show the dream, to show the kingdoms until the end of the age from his time. God showed him the dream. And he brought Daniel on his way to interpret the dream that he had. God even says that in Isaiah 45 verses 4 and 5 as we read, I have named you though you have not known me. That tells me that he didn't have much clue about who God is. God called Cyrus even before he knew about God, who God was. He made everything clear that I am God. God made it very clear that I am the Lord. I am the only true and living God. He made that very clear. Isaiah 44, 28 tells me, God did that just for his pleasure. Can you imagine? God used this man Cyrus just for his pleasure as it pleases the Lord. I remember this proverb. Do you remember that? In Proverb 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. King's hands, king, king's hearts are in the hand of God. I believe Cyrus' heart was in the hand of God. And God just turned it here and there. It is good to be used by God. It is good to be an instrument in the hands of God. But more than that, we need to have a relationship with God. God can use anybody. Even though they don't have a relationship with God. Just listen to me clearly. God can do wonders and miracles through someone. Not necessarily they need to be children of God. Not necessarily they need to walk in holiness. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. If God can use Cyrus and Nebuchadnezzar. If God can use a, a jawbone of a donkey. If God can use stones. God can use anybody. It's not with respect to their walk with the Lord. So today people tend to go behind people just looking them at the platform. But they don't have any clue about their life behind the scene. Life behind the screen. And God is telling us that it is important that to be used by God. But more than that it is important the kind of relationship that we have with God. Being used by God doesn't guarantee that we are God's children. God can use anybody. Being used by God doesn't guarantee heaven. Today people think that oh, they are miraculously, marvelously used by God. They forget the word of God and they just try to drive in their own experience. They cannot reach. They cannot reach. We need to have a relationship with God. We need to have a close relationship with God. To summarize, Cyrus honored God. He consecrated the holy vessels and he designated them to the temple of God, to the purpose of God. Cyrus gave to God and God lifted him up. And eventually Cyrus was just a tool in the hands of God. And we need much more than that. We need to be used by God. But at the same time, it is important to sit and pray to God. We don't want to be used by God without enough prayer. We don't want to be used by God without any preparation. We want to be used by God. And before God is using us, we make sure our relationship is right with God. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.